Welcome to day 157 of the story that changes everything. Our readings for today are Job chapters 19 through 21. Here's some thoughts to guide your reading for today. Chapter 19 contains Job's response to the second speech of Bildad, and without question, it is Job's most important speech in the book. At this point, Job is isolated and alone. His friends have brought no comfort and God remains silent. And in this chapter, Job acknowledges that even what remains of his family have distanced themselves from him. Yet, amid it all, Job still has a deep conviction that he is innocent of the kind of sin that deserves the pain he has received. And in this chapter, we get some of the most famous and most hopeful words in the entire book, thanks in large part to Handel's Messiah. Unfortunately, verses 25 through 27 that contain the great phrase, I know that my Redeemer is alive, they are notoriously difficult to translate. Nevertheless, it would appear that the primary hope for Job remains that God will serve as Job's vindicator and Redeemer. The idea of having a Redeemer was a common one in the ancient world. A Redeemer was a person's relative who came to the rescue when a family member was in trouble, usually financial trouble. If a person had been forced to sell themselves or the members of their family into bondage, a Redeemer came and bought them back, eliminating their debt. It's likely that Job imagines that at some point, hopefully before he dies, in his very flesh Job will see God, the only one who truly knows the truth about him, and that God will come and vindicate him before the many accusations he now faces both within his own heart, but especially from within the community. In the midst of his deep despair, this is the one shred of hope that Job still clings to, that he knows that his Redeemer lives. Chapter 20 gives the second speech of Zophar and the end of the cycle of second speeches from all of Job's friends. The central theme of this speech is now a familiar one. Zophar is convinced that in the economy of God's justice, the wicked will suffer divine reversals in their lives. They may, in the moment, appear joyful and prosperous, but eventually God will pour out his anger against them and take their blessings away. The not-so-subtle undertone of Zophar's message is that he thinks this great reversal has happened to Job. He may have appeared to be blessed and thriving, but God's justice eventually caught up to him, and so it's time for Job to listen to the voices of his friends and get right with God. Chapter 21 is Job's final response to Zophar and the end of Job's response to the second cycle of speeches. Job admits that he's still shockingly hurt by his friends and their lack of empathy for him. But the bulk of his response is a refutation for all that Zophar has just argued about the just deserts eventually coming to the wicked. From Job's point of view, God's system of rewards and punishment seems to be off a bit. Life is largely not fair. Job thinks the righteous suffer, but the wicked often seem perfectly happy and blessed. They seem to live long lives, their children live in safety, and they often live nearby. Their flocks flourish and their crops grow. Some people who are wicked and righteous live well, while some wicked and righteous die young, never having tasted the good things of life. Job's primary point is that it's clear to him that whatever system of rewards and punishments Zophar is arguing for is not as precise as he thinks it is, because from where Job sits in the ashes, life feels more random than structured. 
I think there's much to pay attention to in Job's argument in chapter 21. If we're not able to make space for the math of justice to not always add up, then we will always be judging our spiritual lives by assessing our circumstances. I think Zophar is partly right. When we do good things, rewards follow, and when we do bad things, judgment is the consequence. But Job is also correct. Sometimes the righteous suffer and the wicked flourish. And so our circumstances are not exact reflections of our faithfulness to God or lack of it. But what we should hold most closely from the text today is Job's great statement of hope. I know that my Redeemer lives and that at some point, even if it's at the last, he will stand upon the earth and bring vindication. This language of hope not only shapes the book of Job, but it has become language that shapes our Christian hopes and imagination as well. So keep struggling through the laments of Job and the failure of his friends, but also delight today in Job's fragment of hope. Reflect on how to not allow your circumstances or the circumstances of others to be definitive in how you judge your own walk with God, but also especially how you judge the faith and walk of others. We keep working through these tough texts tomorrow with chapters 22 through 24, and we're adding Psalm 67. I'll talk to you tomorrow.